Hey there, I'm Andy Chanley from 88.5 FM, and this is one of our here-at-home video teleconference interviews, and a pretty fun one today. We've got David Crosby joining us. David, how are you? I'm, you know, my, my standard answer to people I mean, is elderly and confused, but I'm, I'm, I'm really actually, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in, in Central California, and the sun is shining. And I woke up awake. So, you know, I, I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty happy. Central California, where do you call home these days? Um, I'm just uh, uh, like 20 miles north of Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. Beautiful. It's a beautiful country. A place called Santa Inez. Yes, I know it. Nice. Um, it's really a pretty spot, man. It's very, very uh, country. <laughs> I live in the middle of a cow pasture. I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, the new album, I want to get this out of the way right over here at the top. Uh, For Free is the name of it. It's out this Friday. Uh, the lead single is the title cut, For Free, with Sarah Jarose on it. And it's just lovely. The whole album's lovely. Congratulations on it. Thank you, man. I'm real happy about it. This is, I was just thinking, this is, the I think, the third time I've talked to you um, in the last five years. And uh, some people might call it heresy, but... An argument could be made that you're making the best music of your life right now. I, I guess the logical question is, why were you uh, phoning it in for 60 years? <laughs> oh, man, I should have known you'd be able to come up with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just being lazy. Um, All that bird stuff. Can't, yes, I yes, can't but... explain this burst of stuff, man. Uh, well, I could try. You know, uh, I the last few years that I was with CSN, we weren't like doing well with each other, and and so I didn't feel like going and recording with those guys. Uh, they're they're talented guys and everything, but it, it just wasn't getting along with Nash, and it just didn't work. So uh, I had some stuff saved up. Uh, that's one thing, but I think mainly the the reason that for this burst of creativity, you know, in late age, is uh, great luck in writing partners. I, you know, a long time ago, I wrote Wooden Ships with Paul Cantor and and Stephen Stills, and it taught me a lesson. And that is that the other guy always thinks of something you didn't. <laughs> and uh, I like writing with other people. I'm very, very picky about it. I, I only do it with people that I think are terrific, and I only do it with people who are my friends. Uh, but I, what it's done is the writing with other people, I still write by myself, but when I write with my son James, or when I write with Michael League, or when I write with Becca Stevens, or Michelle Willis, or, or Michael McDonald, or Donald Fagan, you know, and these, the, what happens, man, is, is there's a multiplication of effort, uh, a wonderful widening of, of the the possibilities, you know. And uh, I think it's, you know, lengthened my useful life as a songwriter by probably 10, 15 years. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a good measure of how what a lucky motherfucker I am. Oh, excuse me. Let me read. You can leave that up. This is on the internet. Anything goes. Okay. <laughs> I am terrifically lucky, man, uh, to be writing with the people I've written with and to be feeling as good as I feel about music. 
I'll tell you something, and this is kind of hippie and a little cosmic, and you can laugh if you want. Uh, I think times are pretty hard in the world right now. I don't think the world's a real kind and, and lovely place. Uh, I think music is a lifting force. I think it makes things better, makes people feel better. It's the only contribution I can make, and it's a good one. So in the time that I've got, and God knows how much time I got, man, I'm old, okay? I got maybe two weeks or 10 years. We don't know, you know, but however much time I got, it, the significant fact about it isn't how long it is. It's what I do with it, you know? So I got these, I got this time and I'm here and I feel good. So I'm just making music as fast as I can. Well, I think it speaks to, you know, the chops that you have, uh, you know, all these years making music that you're, you're in a place, you're self-actualized where you can accept the offering that a, a, you know, a collaborator makes and, and say, yes, and let's, you know, do this with the song and, and these other things and be open to, and not so precious with ideas that you're open to those things. I, I would imagine that having that uh, ability in your, in your quiver makes, makes things a little, little easier to be creative. And like you said, working with your son, uh, James Raymond, uh, I would imagine that all of that comes together as a recipe to, you know, it's, it's a family thing. It's, it's a joyous thing that you get to do. It is a joyous thing and it is a family thing, but it's really goddamn unusual. The level that he takes it to, man. Now, he was pretty damn good right away. When we, when we tried, our first try was Morrison, that song Morrison. And it was a really good song, man. This record, the best song on the record is I Won't Stay For Long. And James wrote it. I didn't write it. He wrote it. Last track on when the record. When I sing it, I've had, you know, the, again, it sounds funny, man, but I've had several, not one or two, several friends of mine call me up crying after they listen to that song. So I figure if, if it does its job, which is make you feel something, right? That's my gig. Uh, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. And, and I figure that, you know, uh, a big part of the luck is the people. It's, it's James. He's a fantastic producer. He's doing he, that record sounds good. Uh, my voice sounds good. The, the recording is excellent. The mix is excellent. You know, it really does. Huh? To do. He's really doing a great job. So does Michael League. When I do the Lighthouse Band, Michael League does a really good job. Uh, he's a really brilliant musician and a great composer. Uh, Becca Stevens, same thing. Incredible writer. Michelle Willis, great writer, man. Really good. Uh, Michael McDonald, pretty obviously a great writer. Uh, He's all right. Don Donald Fagan, one half of the best writing team in pop music. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Ridiculous. Uh, they, you know, Steely Dan's always been... Beatles was my first favorite band, right? And Until there wasn't any Beatles. Then there was Steely Dan, and Steely Dan has been my favorite band ever since, just because of the quality level of the music. Oh, my God, right out of the shoot with Can't Buy a Thrill, which is, can you imagine <laughs> that as your debut album? Any band would kill to have that as the pinnacle of their, their career, but that's out of the shoot. That was the beginning. Yeah. That, and Ricky, don't lose that number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he, if that's where you start, good Lord, you know. 
Let's, let's start. Asia, Asia just killed me. Asia and Gaucho, two of my favorite records of life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them so many times uh, live. It's just an incredible, incredible band. Let's well, talk I'll about tell you a story. I'll tell you a quick story. I uh, They played here, right? And the top three guys in their road management team now are all guys that used to work for me. So <laughs> I get in and easy. I'm at their sound check, right? <clears throat> and Donald's found out from one of those guys that I used to sing Home at Last. So oh. he says, hey, Crosby, you sing Home at Last. I said, well, I used to. He says, yeah, why don't you sing it tonight? I said, no. And the band starts laughing, right? Because nobody says no to Donald, right? I said, no. He says, why not? I said, because I'm chicken. The band's now laughing hard. <laughs> I don't want to sing your song in front of you. I haven't sung it in 10 years. Don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared to do it. I'll sing the choruses with the girls. That's it. And so he says, what do I got to do? Learn wooden chips? So now I know he's fucking with me, which means he likes me. Okay. So later that night, like one o'clock in the morning, which is four o'clock, a couple of nights later, four o'clock in the morning, New York time, I get this text saying, hey, Wooden Ships is a great goddamn song. I'm going to teach, I'm going to get the girls and the band to learn it. Now I think he's definitely fucking with me. <laughs> I sent him a text saying bullshit. And he says, not bullshit. Come to the Beacon in New York and we'll do it. I did, and we did. And we nearly did structural damage to the building. The <laughs> audience went batshit. Absolutely batshit. Because, I mean, can you imagine Steely Dan playing wooden chips? They killed it! Oh, I'm sure. John played everything that Stills ever thought of, and then a little notch further just to show he could, you know. It was unbelievable, band, unbelievable night. We did it. It was so much fun, man. We did it again the next night. Let's see if we can find a bootleg of that somewhere. Oh, it's around. It's up on the net. You can find it. It was okay. really fun. Right after this, I'm going to go look for that. I wanted to ask you, the, the song that you do with Sarah DeRose, the Joni Mitchell song from mm -hmm. the Ladies of the Canyon album, the Joni Mitchell uh, Ladies of the Canyon LP from 1970. It's a song you've done over the years. Uh, but I was just thinking about this. Ladies of the Canyon, it's kind of funny. That album seemed to me like it was a, a love letter to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Uh, you know, she did Woodstock on there that she wrote from your, your uh, you know, recollections of, of being at Woodstock, even though she never made it there. Circle Game as a response to Neil's uh, Sugar Mountain. Willie, supposedly, about uh, uh, Graham William Nash and so forth. Oh, definitely. That was for Graham. But now, in a way, this kind of seems like your love letter back to Joni. It's, it's uh, like a time loop that's being closed. Well, in a sense, it is, man. I... You know, I think Joni's the best of us. I think she's the best singer-songwriter a lot. Straight up. I think she's as good a poet as Bob and 10 times the musician and singer that Bob is. And now I'm a friend of Bob's and I love him, okay? And I think he's a genius. But I think she surpasses him musically vastly, okay? So I think she's the best. I love that song. It's one of the simplest songs she ever did. I love that song because of what it says. And what happened, man, is I'd been listening to Sarah Jarosa's record, uh, Life on the Ground, mm. which is killer good. Yeah. I mean, killer good record. And I finally, I just couldn't stand it. I called her up and I said, listen, Sarah, I don't really know you, but I, I just love how you're singing. It's just making me crazy. I want to sing something with you. 
I said, I don't have a, a place for it. I don't have a, a, a song picked. I don't know what I'm doing here. There's, there's no project. I just want to sing with you just for fun. And she said, okay, that's a deal. <laughs> I thought she was going to say no, like you did to, to Donald Fagan. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, no. She, she was totally, totally into it. I said, so what are we saying? She said, I don't know. I said, well, how about Johnny's for free? She said, I love that song. So I went to James and James did the most evocative, beautiful, lyrical piano track for it, man. It was, it was wonderful. It was so good that it made me sing the song better. And I put a good vocal on it and we sent it to her and she sent it back with that harmony on it. It was like an instruction booklet on how to do harmony. Mm. The girl has been singing harmony in bluegrass groups since she was 12. Right. She can do it. She can really do it. So I listened to it and I called her back and I said, well, gee, that's really freaking wonderful. Can I put it on my record? Because I, I hadn't planned on that, but it's just too good to leave it off. She said, I'd be honored to be on your record. So that's how it wound up. We wound up doing it. I, I've cut it, I think, three times. I've got some of her other stuff, too. I cut uh, Amelia. I, I love Joni's writing, man. I can't help it, you know. Yeah. Most of her really complex stuff, it's over my head. I don't think I could deliver it. You know, River and Coyote and stuff. I, those are women's songs, and they got to be sung by a, a really good woman. You know who does her stuff really great is Aoife O'Donovan. Ah. Boy, does she sing that stuff great. I'll have to check that out. Uh I got a question I want to ask you that I, I ask uh, pretty much everybody I talk to because I, I think it's a, an, a window into the soul, and I've gotten some pretty good stories. But just curious, tell me about your first guitar. My first guitar was a guitar my brother gave me. It was a Stella. Uh, it wasn't very good, but it was mine. <laughs> and uh, it introduced me to the joy of, you know, playing. Uh, God bless my brother. He had gotten a better guitar, so he gave me his old one. That's how it happened. Nice. Hand me down. Mm -hmm. You still have it? No, no, that was long ago. I was like 15 or something. 80 years old next month. Uh, the guns, the booze, the drugs, the rock and roll. <laughs> The livers. I mean, when you look back, you're eyeing 80 with relative vitality and and health, and you're making meaningful musics, maybe some of the most meaningful music of your life. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I wish I could explain it for you, man. I wish there were a formula that other you know people could find. Uh, I don't fully understand it. I do know that if I have the opportunity and I can do some good, then that's what I got to do with my time. And uh, I'm doing it the best I can. And I've made four, now five records in what, six years? That's doing pretty good. I don't know anybody else doing that. It's pretty prolific. Some, certainly none of my ex compatriots. Uh, and I, I think. I think it's the best thing I can do, man. I think it's 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 highest purpose I can put my time and, and my life and my talent to is making more music. Really good though. It's gotta be really good. It's gotta be with really good people. Can't be half ass. But if I can make some more good music, 
And I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm really happy about it. Believe me, I really am. What do you think you would be doing if, if music didn't exist? What, what would you have done for, for a vocal? I've, I've thought about that a lot. I think a history teacher, modern history of the last hundred years. Really? Yeah. I like kids. I love, I love kids. And I love that moment when you're explaining something to somebody and it clicks and they go, oh, you mean it's a, I love that moment. I really love it. And especially with young people, when you're explaining something to them and they go, oh, fun. I, okay. That's a great moment. It's a, a worthy thing to put your life to. What else do you do for fun these days? I mean, you, you sold the boat uh, a few years ago. You, yeah. You haven't been stirring shit up on on social media in a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on here, man. I've just, uh, you know, I, I raised, a, 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 I guess I raised a, a ruckus by uh, saying that I thought Kanye West was a total poser. <laughs> but I, I do. I, I don't think he's got the talent. I think my dogs have more singing talent than he does. Uh, he's a he's a dummy, dumb as a post. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> uh, but mostly on mostly on uh, mostly I'm on Twitter, and mostly I'm on there because I, I, I people are fascinating to me, man. Uh, sometimes they're stupid, but I can tw on Twitter I can delete them. You know if they're if they're just a troll and they just want to start a fight, I just go ha ha click goodbye. And they move on to the next person. And that works great for me. I really like that about Twitter. If you could only do that in real life. Yeah, if only. <laughs> hey, how's the cannabis biz? The mighty cross. How's that going? Well, here's how I'm looking. You know, I'm not going to go full full bore into it. I'm not going to fund it and, and establish a, a, an office and shit and a company until it goes legal nationally. But it's going to. How it works in the United States is you pay your money into the federal government. Some of that money has always gone down a pipeline to the states for health, education, welfare stuff. That pipeline's always been constricted. The states never have enough money. And at the bottom of the pipeline are all the states in the union looking at Colorado and Oregon who can buy a school or a road or a hospital today. And the check will not bounce because of that marijuana money. Now, there's two kinds of politicians. One kind says, I'm going to get that marijuana money and that tax money and use it to take care of the people who elected me because that's my job. That's a good politician. The other kind of politician is going to look at it and say, I can steal some of that money off the bottom for sure. Either way, they want the money. Okay. Now, then there's the banks. The banks are pissed that it's being banked in, in Canada. The reason there's a guard at every every dispensary you go to is because they can only deal in cash because it's not legal federally. When it goes legal federally, then we can bank it in the United States. And the banks in the United States know that it's billions of dollars, Canopy and company, you know? Yeah, billions. Yeah. So they want that money in the United States. Those pressures will make it legal in the United States. All the posturing and posing is just posing and posturing. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Money will make it uh, happen. Not because it's, it won't happen because it should happen. It won't happen because nobody should go to jail for smoking a joint. It'll happen because of the money. But it will happen. And as soon as it does, yes, we have a company, we will be operating. Well, if you need any uh, testers, let me know. I just did six months. <laughs> you know. 
I can send some over. All right, man. I'll let you know yeah. what I think about it. Uh, hey, congratulations again on the record. It really, I spent the weekend with it. It really is a fine, fine record. It's called For Free. Uh, it's uh, it's David Crosby with uh, Michael McDonald and the Donald Fagan and Sarah Jarose on there. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a finely crafted record. So go grab that. It's out July twenty third. David Crosby, good to talk to you again. I always feel like I get the straight answer with you, and I love that. <laughs> Me too, man. Thank you. Hope we do it again soon. All right. All the best to you. You too.